Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next AOGP podcast. It is a Tuesday, October 27th. We are back a little bit sooner because we're feeling real sparky. want to talk to you guys some more and hear our dulcet tones. So we're going to get off the ground here with uh, what this podcast is all about. It is about why independent Scientology. What that means is, why are we independent Scientologists? Uh, what do we protest? Why aren't we in the church? What's going on in the field? Who's in the field? All that kind of good stuff. So to start off, let's start off with where this whole thing sort of started. How far back do we want to go, Eddie? Oh, gosh. I don't know. You know, we could start with the foundation of Scientology really quickly and what happened there if if we want to address that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there were, some would say there were independent Scientologists back in the 50s. Sure. There were definitely independent Dianeticists. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, it was a grassroots movement. There weren't any orgs, organizations, for the most part. Mm. If there was, there was maybe one or two, maybe three, some large groups, but it was the wild, wild west. And guess what? It's the wild, wild west now in independent Scientology outside of the church. Yeah. So let's go back to... uh, Oh, let's say 1950, 1951. Uh, You want to do the honors on this first part? Sure. All right. Take it away. So uh, I might get some of this wrong here, but the story basically goes that when LRH formed Dianetics, it it was pretty loosely organized at first. It was was very popular. It was uh, a pop culture sensation people love doing it and it was very widespread but that boom kind of came and went and some people remained and and continued to do it but for others it was just a passing fad either way it looked a lot different than the scientology we all know today or even just 10 years later initially uh, initially, they did use a meter, or they didn't, or they dropped it out. What is the sequence there? Well, the meter, the meter. Uh, he found out about Matheson. Uh, the guy. This is the guy that came up uh, with the e-meter. It was the size of a uh, a small toaster, basically, mm-hmm. uh, tubes and all that good stuff. And uh, said, "This is a pretty cool instrument. Let's uh, see what we can do with this thing here." And that was around mm-hmm. about fifty-two. And that's something a lot of people don't know either, is that the the e-meter exists and existed outside of Scientology. I think now it's called a galvanometer in completely neutral context. Right. So it is a thing. It's not just strictly a Scientology thing. Yeah, it existed before, well, <laughs> it existed before Scientology, technically speaking. Yeah. Before and- the... Before the our word was coined. Right, and, and in a very different-looking way. Yeah, a very different-looking way. I mean, nothing like we have mm. modernly now. But it, and it was used almost immediately, and he worked with Matheson on a particular meter for uh, Dianetics and Scientology, and there was another type of meter that was introduced. That the name of it escapes me. Uh, but there were a lot of uh, back-and-forths and, forths and uh, lots of idiosyncratic stories that went along with the meter and eventually mm-hmm. there was a falling out with Matheson 
and then the, the church started manufacturing its own at some point. Uh, fast forward to mid-60s, we had the Mark IV and then the Mark V. Mark VI, round about 1980, mm. which is the more modern-looking meters that you see today, the beginning of. Mm. And the current incarnation of the E-meter in the church it looks very different than I, than either the Mark VI or Mark VII. Yeah, it's very modernized, but still lowest bidder on the parts. Oh, of course, yeah, naturally. We'll get into that maybe in another podcast. Mm -hmm. So back to uh, where we were at uh, before the meter. Uh, once he had the meter and around that period of time, Hellerich uh, was really his own independent uh, pre-Scientologist. Uh, he lost the uh, copyrights to Dianetics in Wichita and didn't get them back for some time and had to come up with a new subject that was based off of what he had started on Dianetics because he didn't own it anymore. Right. And the way I heard it was that him and his partner, Don Purcell, uh, had a lot of disagreements along the way, mm -hmm. uh, especially because I... I, I Believe it was Don. Maybe it was another figure. I don't think it was. It was. It was Campbell. Yeah, there was. You know, there was quite a. There was quite a bit of suppression going on at the time too. Yeah. From other other individuals, third party, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's true. And I I think it was Purcell's wife, if not Campbell's wife, uh, who ended up divorcing him. Uh, either one of those individuals mm -hmm. citing Dianetics as right. the last straw. Yeah. So there's a lot of that for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And and I know that Purcell really didn't like that past lives were coming into it. In Purcell's mind, this was to be strictly materialist. This wasn't going to go in that direction at all. And so they were starting to disagree and yada, mm. yada, yada. It, was that, it wasn't his reality, in other words. Right. It wasn't. And however he lost the copyright, I, I, I think it had... Uh, a lot to do with all the third party there and maybe declaring bankruptcy. I don't know. Uh, some mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he recontextualized it uh, as Scientology shortly thereafter. So that didn't in any way make those groups go away. The Dianetic groups at the time. No, no, it didn't. It didn't affect anybody, but, but Ron more than anything. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, he had enough to work on and, and had, been doing enough research that he thought, well, you know, this is no far stretch. And so Scientology was born right. out of a loss of Dianetics there for a period. He did get the uh, copyright. The copyright was given back to him free of charge and things progressed on. And then he had Dianetics and Scientology. But, uh, you know, fast forward to today and uh, the Church of Scientology in their uh, – what do they call that page? The the uh, channel, what? the Scientology channel, and everything. They've oh, been, the Scientology yeah, Network. Yeah, yeah, they've been minimizing Dianetics and making it a part of Scientology, which is completely, completely not the case for anybody yeah. that's new to the subject. And it is almost—I don't want to say blasphemous, but it's just completely—it's wrong. 
wrong and incorrect and uh, why they're doing that. I mean, I have suspicions, but uh, anyway. I think it's marketing. More yeah. Than anything. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe there's, there's something more sinister. I wouldn't put anything past uh, Miscavige and whoever else is around or behind him. But yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to fluff things up and tell you as little as possible, completely rewording things and, and, and making them just adjacent to things that are right. I think they described Dianetics as a lesser form of Scientology, basically diet Scientology yeah, or something like that. Right. <laughs> Scientology light. Yeah. And then Half that the was, calories, I, we twice were, the gain. Yeah, we were sitting here watching it. I think, I think you might remember that. It was just... It's kind of completely out of nowhere. Too. Yeah, I stopped watching it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know enough about the subject as an auditor. I just like, nope, <laughs> click. <laughs> who writes this stuff? Yeah. Right, who writes this stuff? So, anyway, that was that was the the first incident of an independent, quote unquote, Scientologist was was LRH Ron Hubbard himself because mm-hmm. um, he had no choice. Yeah, he he really did not. And so that, that, that sort of speaks uh, against this claim that is sometimes made that uh, Scientology uh, was, was made or that Dianetics was put into a religious perspective. And that's when all the past life started because he lost the copyright. But the truth of the matter is that it had already started before then. Yeah. And, and there, were, there were other groups beyond that. I mean, there's always people that, well, I'll just take this and take my ball and go home and I'll change it. I mean, we've seen that time and time again. We talked about that yesterday about the the splinter groups and, and there's, you know, there's really no way to stop that sort of a thing. No. I mean, there's, God, there's probably been a couple dozen, mm-hmm. you know, split off splinter type things that don't even call themselves Scientology don't call themselves that don't sci- acknowledge yeah. any connection at all. Yeah. yeah. Estes was a major one in the seventies. Right. And even Ekinkar and I, I hate, <laughs> I hate to invoke these names like Nexium and the process church of the final judgment and, and all that stuff. But yeah, they weren't telling anybody. Uh, yeah. I, I based this off of Scientology, human potential movement. Right, all of it was right. Monetization. Hey, I make it my own thing. Yeah, that that was the spirit of the '60s and '70s. Was hey, it's all happening, trying new stuff, but they weren't coming up with their own thing at all. Right, it was very, very derivative. Yeah. So uh, let's let's just say we fast forward up into the '70s and uh, late '70s. And there was a uh, growing movement of people that started noticing that things were starting to change. Mm-hmm. Around about 77, 78, where you had all these guys that had done uh, standard Dianetics, which was hugely successful and was the main component for the biggest boom of, of new people into Scientology outside of what happened in the, the early to mid-60s. And then there was an introduction of uh, New Era Dianetics, which, which was the most modernized version of Dianetics with the meter, and there were some changes to standard Dianetics. We'll get into the, all of the specifics to keep it simple here. But mm. 
So people started noted, noticing that there were more changes, and the Sea Org was starting to become more prominent and had a better foothold. And you had yeah. the Snow White thing with with Hubbard's wife and the planning of evidence, and and yeah, the whole Guardian's Office thing. Yeah, yeah. and I I don't know um, your opinion on this. I'm sure everybody listening has a different take. Some people say that the the bad stuff really started with the Sea Org, or that it started in the Sea Org, or that it started when the Sea Org started taking over and becoming the management and the only management. Yeah. Yeah. And in the uh, podcast that I did back in 2009-2010, I did an interview with uh, Ray Robles. And one of the things that stuck with me completely was this. he was telling me back in 1973 they were auditing the staff Mm-hmm. in San Diego and people were doing well. This was right when everything was really starting to explode at these missions yeah. throughout the country, throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And people were really doing well with it. And uh, the Sea Org members said, why would you do that? Right. And he looked at him and he said, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, you make them better, they're going to leave. Oh, wow. 1973. This was going on. No. Yeah. So you had some yahoos in the Sea Org then who were saying, well, you can't process your staff. You can't get them auditing because if you do that, they'll go off and start their own businesses and everything, and you won't have anybody in the org to make money for the church. That's amazing to know that it's that consciously sinister, or at least it was. I I about fell out of my chair. I thought, that early? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, it's in your plus or minus five years type of a thing. Now, that I'm, I'm not, I don't think this had anything to do with Hubbard. Hubbard's viewpoint on it was, is that you have staff enhancement, people get training, they get processing and all that stuff. Sure. But when you start adding all these other people to the mix. He lost control. He lost control because he couldn't be everywhere at once and nobody was going to tell him the truth. And, and, you know, we get into overts and withholds things that are people people are doing that uh, for people that aren't in Scientology listening to this it's a an overt is a, a contra survival act it's something that you do to somebody else that you wouldn't want to have done to yourself and then once right. you do it you withhold it or you withhold it and somebody nearly finds out and now it's a missed withhold and you're like did they do this do they know did they not know and all of a sudden you start getting wacky about it and you start getting upset and, mm-hmm. and all that well when you start committing overts against your own staff, that's when things start to go down the chute real quick because you're not backing up the people that are backing up the organization. Right. And that's definitely what was and continues to happen. And I, I, I'm still shocked of what you told me, that, that they were aware of what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was intentional. No, 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 no. You don't. You stop that right now. You know right. you you don't want to be processing these people because you make them better. We got a problem. Jeez, I mean it's a it's just a mind blower. It is. So uh, the 1973. This is when things were really starting to get off the ground. Five, four, five years later, 77, 78. Well, people are really starting to take notice. My own father. Mm-hmm. You know, he he saw that things were changing. He got in in 72, 73. And he said it's not. It wasn't the same organization. It was becoming draconian. Yes, demanding more and more from him, wanting more money. Prices mm-hmm. started going up. Being yeah. less less self determined. Yeah, it was it was much less self determined just in the span mm-hmm. of four or five years. So, 
I'm I I want to make it perfectly clear that I'm not faulting Hubbard on this mm-hmm. at all. I my honest opinion is is when Scientology took a hard left turn, I don't think it was so much Hubbard. I think it was the other people that were involved in the situation, right? Because they're just one guy can't be everywhere at the same time. And I'm not saying no. that Hubbard was perfect. He wasn't perfect, and admitted he wasn't perfect. Nobody is perfect. Sure. Well, also when you have. Uh, a man of his age getting up there in years and there is this this huge very wealthy organization with a whole lot of power over a whole lot of people it's going to attract some sinister individuals and they are going to see an opportunity sure sure you're gonna you're gonna have parasites Mm. every dog gets fleas yeah and from what i have read and heard it seems that there there was some active backstabbing and competition when people were kind of realizing these these sorts of people thinking, hey, you know, whoever whoever positions themselves just right gets to be king of the castle. Yeah, and, and from all of the stories that I've heard and everything like that in the seventies, that was, you know, there were people vying for pole position, mm-hmm. you know, at that point in time and. There are a lot of other idiosyncrasies that come into play that we should probably uh, maybe maybe roll back, to use a C-word term, yeah. roll back a little bit and mention that uh, here's the deal. At some point, the powers that be, Big Brother, the dark, deep state, whatever, what have you, probably the same individuals in Cabal that was involved in taking out uh, John and Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. I mean, you know. There's, the man. Yeah. The man, in quotes, bold, italicized, 24-point pica. Mm. Uh, these guys started to take notice that Scientology was spreading. And something needed to be done about it. Because the last thing you want is a lot of people emancipated from the yoke of the man. This 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 was going on as early as 64, 65. There were problems with the meters. Meters were being withheld at airports. The FDA got involved. Mm-hmm. The raid on the Washington, D.C. organization. All that stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they, they clearly uh, had become aware, cognizant of the fact that Scientology was making a dent. Yeah, you can see remnants of that today on, on any of the courses regarding the e-meter on any of the books in Scientology, if you look in the front, it has a disclaimer that says the, the e-meter is not a medical device. Yeah, they had to put that on there to settle the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that they could get it back and not continue to be raided. Right, right. You know, because they'd raid them again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's just, that's just how these guys operate. Like and, uh, Hubbard says, God help anybody that gets in the hands of police. Right. Well, think about what was happening at the time, too. MK Ultra and all that stuff. Yeah, this was this was deep in the middle of that. You still had the you know, the Cold War was really going on. Mm-hmm. And there was this paranoia in the United States about well, you know, maybe they're a commie. You know, mm-hmm. this is ten years after McCarthyism and everything, but it was at fever pitch. Vietnam was getting started, uh, and that was you know more of the same thing. Communism in Vietnam, Korea had happened in the fifties, and right. You know, I mean, there are other individuals in the independent field that say Hubbard was a MI6 
he was a rogue agent, et cetera, et cetera. I personally, if he was, maybe he was in the beginning, but you look at all the things that he's written, the millions of words and, and the intent behind this guy's efforts, and sorry, that dog doesn't hunt for me. Do I do I disparage those people that say that? No, it's interesting, but that's as far as it goes for me. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's the opposite. Uh, from from what I have observed, there is a lot in MK Ultra that looks like Black Dianetics and Black Scientology. Oh, very much. And and I mean, we can we can get into that, touch on that briefly with. Uh, Ingo Swan and you know all of that stuff, but I mean that was that was the result of this is they took notice of this, and for people that don't know anything or, uh, about this, it's it's really interesting. But round about sixty seven, uh, Hubbard was in England. He had the Saint Hill Manor, really nice place, nice piece of property south southeast of uh, London, and uh, they wouldn't renew his visa. They wanted to make mm-hmm. his life hard on him. Yeah, he, he couldn't live in his home in England. He had he had to go. He had to leave everything that he'd established, and they said, "You're out." Now, yeah. at the same time, they wouldn't let him back in the United States, of which he was a United States citizen either. No. So when anybody says, "Well, once he he bought the uh, Apollo, the ship that that they were on in the Mediterranean and, and elsewhere." Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinging around triangularly between the um, the Caribbean yeah. and the Mediterranean yeah. and, and and the rest of Europe, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had nowhere else to go. And if if anybody says, "Well, he threw people overboard," he was such a mean person. He mistreated all these people. How would you feel when your assets are frozen? You're at sea. You can't go into port to get fuel. You can't get medical supplies. You can't get food. Yeah, and when you're when you're in a storm and a deadly storm where where messengers are nearly falling over the sides and uh, you're trying to come into the UK saying that there's a violent store storm we have children on board there are right. families here please we just want to dock stakes are pretty high and they said no yeah can't help you yeah. turn around turn yeah. around back right. to the storm mm-hmm. this this is the sort of thing that that uh Hubbard and Scientology were were dealing with is they were trying to make him persona non grata at the time. Mm. So Scientology was making a dent in things. You know, my opinion is they're afraid of something that works. They don't want people who are more intelligent can see for themselves. They just want obedient workers. Right. And they were doing that with everything. They, it, it could be two things and it probably is. They saw the, they saw the utility in, in in mind control, what they could use uh, for for evil purposes, and not just Scientology, but all of the new religious movements that were popping up at the time. They didn't just do it with Scientology. Yeah, which there were were many in the in the sixties. That was the boom, and they raided all of them, and a lot of those people talked. They had to. Mm-hmm. They're in the hands of the feds, right? You want to make a deal? Yeah, well... Want to see your wife again? It's basically, yeah, you you don't get a lawyer. As far as anyone's concerned, you're missing. Right. Right. And then this is... This is... is To this day, this is the reality still of more than 50 years later. So this is the type of thing that that Hubbard was facing. And so he's, he's stuck out at sea. 
they eventually, eventually he can come back into the country. Things get settled, uh, and they decide to put uh, something of sizable nature, which would later be the flag land base. And they had a couple of choices. Two, two of the locations were in Florida. One was in uh, Denver. And they ended up taking Clearwater, Florida as their new land base home. And then they, shortly thereafter, the ship was scrapped mm-hmm. in Texas. Was it scrapped? I looked up the, um, gosh, I'm going to get the acronym wrong, like the IWO or whatever it is on ships, that number, mm. just the other day. And it said it was decommissioned. Yeah, it was decommissioned. And it was, I, I looked it up a few months ago and it was, I saw the company that did the scrapping. Mm. There was a guy selling uh, a portal from one of the, the openings on the ship. That was, and then you know, thought somebody from the Scientologist would be interested, and he was selling it for a healthy sum. I bet he was. <laughs> and he had that had all the paperwork that the ship had been melted down, torn apart, and melted down, and sent to China. Oh wow! Gosh, I, I, maybe I, not in that order, but yeah, I, I think it had one other owner afterwards. Yeah, one other owner, it. and then eventually it got scrapped. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's I mean you. The subject itself and what he was trying to do with it started making a dent in society and people took notice and they made life harder for him. They made life harder for Scientology. And then you started having the infiltrations into the church with Ingo Swan and all of this. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get into the, the upper levels, the OT levels, taking that data and turning it into what would be later known as remote viewing. Right. Yes. Yep. And they couldn't get Hubbard on anything else. So in the early 70s, they decided to start this back taxes thing. Mm-hmm. So if they can't get you on that, they'll get you on taxes. So they started that. And so this it was a, there was just this constant battle. Let's make his life difficult. Let's make his life hell. And then there was the Snow White thing with Mary Sue and the planning of evidence, blah, blah, blah. Right. Nobody really knows what exactly went down on that. But well, she ended up in prison for a couple of years, uh, white collar prison mm-hmm. for that. And uh, my understanding is, is he never saw Mary Sue again. No, that they completely shelved her away. Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And... I, I I think it was a counter infiltration, yeah. Snow White. But also, what can be said about all that is they were focused on on trying to learn to control the minds of their own citizens and and drugging people in psych hospitals with LSD and experimenting on professors and and mm-hmm. all, and, and like vilifying people. Yeah, and just just being awful here at home. Uh, they were they were so concerned about the Russians, but they didn't notice how easy it was for people to get into government buildings and take documents. Right. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is planet Earth after all. It, I think it's hubris. It is. It is. Nobody would ever dare do that. Well, guess what? They're all going to be speaking with a strong Russian accent and holding their cigarette in the way that Europeans do. That's that's how we'll know. Right. <laughs> Think about all the things they missed then in, as far as Cold War spying goes. Oh, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that there are fabulous tales that we'll never, we'll never, know. <laughs> we'll never know about things that actually happened. You know, we mm-hmm. do hear about the, uh, the uh, Russian, uh, I forget what his 
what his post was, the guy that saved us from World War Three, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I mean, you know, there are decent there are decent people out there that do really good deeds that really turn the tide for the entire planet. Yeah, e- even if they are in suppressive governments, there are good people right. involved. Right. Yeah, you can't say that everybody's bad in Russia. No, it, it's usually just. Uh, a couple of people, a handful of people who are very influential, uh, a literal few who hold all the power and consolidate it and don't want to give it up. All right. And and this is a bit of a, a sidebar, but you look at what happened with uh, John Lennon mm-hmm. and what was going on there and all the stuff that he was doing in the 70s and, and, right. and you know, going to these protests, writing these songs talking about peace at the fever pitch of the Vietnam War. Right, and he was not American. No. It's not like he was scared of being They tried to kick him out of the country, too, Mm -hmm. and he managed to stay in, you know, just by a hair and and, and, and able to stay and wanted to live in New York City, and they wanted to get rid of him. Right, and anyone who dared speak out, just a little bit earlier, but it did linger over into that time, anyone who dared speak out against the strict social norms and the... You better obey and and always trust your government, sort of thing. Right. That 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 that. I don't know what you want to call it. Whatever that was, just that authoritarian thing. Anyone who spoke out against that or or was an idol of the people, like a, a working class hero or, or or a folk hero, they were they were basically. Uh, made into something they were not. They were blacklisted as communists, which right. is the worst thing you could yeah, be. they had a dossier <laughs> on Bob Dylan. Yeah, anybody. People never got work again. People were killed. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, Hubbard's not the only one. And to say that, you know, to vilify him and, and the, the subject itself and the technology and, you know, all, it, we're here just, just to lay it down. We're here yeah. to kind of set the record straight on some things from a different viewpoint instead of negative, 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 negative about Scientology, the subject, about Hubbard, uh, the church. Well, yep, sure, there are abuses and sure, there are a lot of things that could be set straight on that. I think we should talk about that, too. Well, we should. Because we should. I, I definitely to non-Scientologists listening. Put it in a proper perspective. Yeah, th- this might be like, all right, you know get to the point sort of thing which i understand we're getting there but i also want to say if they were willing to do that to people like pete seeger and woody guthrie then of course they would be willing to do that to l ron hubbard <laughs> right yeah there there were lots and lots of people that were looked at as threats anybody that 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 had access to the media and could say something uh with jane fonda mm-hmm. look what happened to her you know, in Vietnam and, and all this stuff, you know, it's, it just goes on and on. You know, whenever, whenever you want to go after somebody, I know, I know a guy at the post. Okay. And so they go after that particular person and drag them through the mud. And, you know, we see this modern day too. Right. Just, just no matter what side it comes from, left, right, center, authoritarian, libertarian, government or citizen, it's canceling. Right. It, 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 there was a cancel culture then. And there was a cancel culture in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to all the movie stars with McCarthyism. Yep. Never worked again. No, we call it, we call it different things, but it's always been... It's here. always the same thing. It's just a different label. Yeah. And, and, and it happens It happens both ways today, too. Which yeah. is also not acknowledged. It happens in a microcosm in 
in all fields, in all groups. Mm -hmm. In every country of the world, really. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to the early to mid-70s as to uh, independent Scientology wouldn't, or... Wouldn't it be the 80s? Well, yeah, we're, get, we're getting up into 78, 79, 80. Um, you had the introduction of new air Dianetics, which was the, the, the most modern form of Dianetics using an e-meter. Um, you had uh, Ned for OTs that was released. So there were some really big fundamental changes to uh, the lineup of things that you did in Dianetics and Scientology. And there were people that got a little upset about, well, why are we changing things that work? This is a technical degrade, which is a big no-no in Dianetics and Scientology mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So people were, you know, it's sort of like uh, all of the people that throw their hands up in the air when a new version of uh, Final Cut Pro comes mm -hmm. out from Apple. And they're like, why are you changing this? This is what I know. This yeah. can't happen. I'm never going to buy that. Da -da -da, right. You know? When they remake a video game or a movie and a character is slightly different. And right. Right. And, 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 and everybody's upset about the fact that, you know, well, this isn't Star Wars. Right. This this doesn't look like the way I remember it, just holding on to nostalgia. Right, look what yeah. you did to my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I understand that. And I could see why somebody would feel that way about something. Uh, but, you know, these things, these were things that, that Hubbard signed off on in, in, in what was it, back 70, in 1970, 71, they said Hubbard had a doppelganger and he was installed and the Hubbard... The real Ron Hubbard was dead, and there was this other guy, and you know they have all this proof. It's you know the whole the whole thing about Paul McCartney, and that's Billy why Shears. he has his shoes off, and yeah, Billy Shears and all of this, and you know the uh, it's just you know I mean conspiracy theories they're going to be they abound, and they're going to be there, and some of them are true, and some of them are false. But uh, from everybody that I've talked to, everybody I've interviewed uh, since two thousand and nine, who worked with the guy. They're like, yep, same guy. Mm -hmm. Personality changed over time, but I don't know anybody whose personality doesn't change over time, especially when they start to get older. Right. Well, you said it earlier in a different way, the amount of pressure that he had to be under. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a huge organization. that. I mean, this is pre-computer. Mm -hmm. Telexes were used up until, God, after I left staff in the 90s. Yep. They were still using telexes. Right. When, when Like when a company now is, is still using Windows Vista, except much worse. Yeah, yeah, except much worse. You know, it's when technology goes wrong mm -hmm. sort of a thing. So yeah, it's, it's hard to keep a hold of, of that type of a situation. And, and he, given all of the, the things that he had experienced in the, being a persona non grata, he didn't have a lot of friends, didn't know who he could trust. You get paranoid. Sure, you're going to get paranoid. Sure, you're going to get worried. Sure, you're going to be upset. Whether mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, yeah, there were issues with him letting other people audit him, and he wouldn't let anybody take him in session to get audited. Uh, pastoral counseling for those people that don't mm -hmm. know what auditing is. Uh, in the end, he it, couldn't recognize what was going on with himself, and that was his downfall. Right. But, I mean, it's understandable. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make it okay or justify or anything. And, you know, there's a lot of crappy things that I've seen happen in Scientology, but it wasn't because of the technology. No. Ever, ever, ever. It, it was, was the personalities involved. It, it was the personalities involved. 
And that's where it begins and that's where it ends. And it's mm-hmm. who you surround yourself with. And, and, you know, the irony is, is Scientology has all the tools to do that. But the thing is, is it can be used conversely. For bad. For bad. For evil. Well, the toxic culture that was forming in Scientology at the time shouldn't be discounted either because okay it was manageable and all right people can be crappy and yada 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 but i think people just kept going on hoping that everything would be all right well, right i mean you know hubbard had a really good line they called it the so one so number one line where you could write a letter to ron and mm-hmm. he would write you back mm-hmm. himself now maybe he's put it into a dictaphone and somebody typed it out or whatever but that's the only way you could get anything done quickly mm-hmm. because the bandwidth of typing something, writing it, typing it out or whatever, one by one, you just have, you know, it's just like we use today with our iPhones. We dictate right. something to the iPhone, it types it out and it goes out on Telegram mm-hmm. or, you know, iMessage or whatever. But he he would re- he would respond and he would reply and he would ask a specific, specific questions to people that he was having conversations with and how they're doing, how the kids were, that sort of a thing. This guy gave a shit. Mm-hmm. He wasn't some loon. Yeah. Well, he never, he never once took the money and ran. ran. Right. Instead, he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote some more and refined and refined and refined. Tried to make things better. Tried to keep things cheaper. But I mean, you know, this is a period where uh, inflation was starting to happen, and and gas went from twenty five cents. <laughs> overnight to 45 50 cents and almost doubled mm-hmm. and and there was a lot going on and there was a lot of mismanagement in the world economy but th- that's that's a whole other subject but the sure. cost of living went way up and well the ex- the expense of having organizations went up now granted it didn't didn't go up near as much as miscavige raised them but uh, hubbard actually had a policy that said scientology shouldn't cost any more than about 10 percent of your income right like a tithe yeah, that's sane. Mm-hmm. And and to say, you know, Ron this and Ron that, bad, 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 and he did this and he did that, all that is is somebody that's got overs, as far as I'm concerned. And being an auditor, class nine auditor, I know for a fact that's what it is. People aren't critical unless they've done something to the person that they're saying something ill about. And, and sure, he did do a lot of bad stuff, but it is not even in the realm of what is happening now. And has been happening since. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you're looking at, you know, Scientology was in pretty good repute in the 70s mm-hmm. into the early 80s, which we're going to get to here in a moment. I know this is a long, slow burn, and we're at 38 minutes here already before we really get to the, the uh, meat and potatoes of mm-hmm. it. But it just suffice to say that Scientology had a pretty good reputation up until Miscavige took over. That's when yes. things started to go to hell in a handbasket. And that's why people started to leave. That was the line of demarcation. Right. And they, they were small splinters that never really made it anywhere and fizzled out pretty quickly beforehand. But it, when people started leaving in, in mass, when there were these, these exoduses happening, that, that took place when things started changing. Yeah. And uh, the, the first real watershed moment of that occurred in roughly, I think it was about 1980, with a guy by the name of, pseudonym by the name of Dane Tops, mm-hmm. D-A-N-E. 
And this guy got a hold of the uh, mailing list for one of the major organizations uh, that they sent their magazines out to and newsletters and, and wrote letters to and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And he sent a letter out telling people what was actually going on. I didn't know anything about this until a few years ago when there was an interview of the guy on uh, Project Camelot. And this was the first shot across the bow to the changes that, that Hubbard wasn't approving of. They made people aware of, look, this is a violation of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Wholesale. And he was in hiding by this point, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he, because they were, they were making his life very difficult again, and he was in the country, quote-unquote, illegally sure. because they were trying to make his life hard and he had been snuck back in and was, was in the, the Quinta. Right. So he was not aware of everything that was going on. He couldn't have been. And there were people who were positioning themselves uh, to yeah, be the were. person who says, Ron says, and like, do you have proof of that? And like, come on, trust me. That sort right. of thing. What me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that was the deal. The, 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 the problem was, and this isn't the first time this has happened with people who were bucking the system, is that, is that they'd made his life so hard that, that he kind of had to disappear. And you don't want to tell all your parishioners about that or anything, because it's, it's, it's difficult to explain. But that's why the powers that be do this sort of a thing, is they want to make it so that they do create an opening so that they can bust through and they can get people into the organization to do what they want to do with it. And this he's, he's only one guy. They've ostracized him from his wife. He's had a son that's died that was unhappy, Quentin. He's got another son that's gone legal on him because he's he's got a wife that wants money and, and is driving uh, Nibs to do this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it, was, it was... Nibs is a whole thing. Yeah, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast right <laughs> That's there. a whole Jesus episode. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, so there were a lot, a lot of crappy things going on. Just imagine your whole family being torn away from you and all the only people that you have are the people that are working for you that you may or may not be able to trust, most of which haven't finished, haven't finished or done college. Some haven't even finished high school, but they believe in you and they're not, not quite bright. Some of them are really bright, but others have other intentions. Mm-hmm. And some people, I suppose, saw it as their only way to get any sort of power. Well, yeah, everybody every, everybody wants to be the captain of the football team or prom queen or, you know, whatever. Right. And They're, it's like the person, imagine, it's not as silly, but just have, have you ever worked a really crappy job at like a Denny's or something and noticed that the manager there was on a power trip? It's yeah. going to happen in all levels. Yeah, it, it yeah it, it does. You know, you, you're the senior uh, the poop the senior poop scooper. Mm-hmm. You know, well, man, I'm going to get his job. That's you know that's you know shoot for that. That's he's making fifty cents more than I am an hour being senior poop scooper. Right. I mean, it, it, no matter what it is, there's always somebody vying for that better job, and these people are everywhere. So it, it was a big problem for Hubbard, and he couldn't be everywhere at once. And, you know, let, let's face it, he could have handled it better. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no denying that. But given all of the other things that he did, I'm willing to accept that, yeah, he could have done it better. But the things that he did give us with the technology in Scientology is 
well, well worth the problem. Sure. And, well, is it time to talk about the, uh, the central villain of our, of our story tonight? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, around about 1982, there was a Mission Holders Conference, and what this was was a shaking of the apple tree. Mm-hmm. And what happened is... Wait, is, I, not everyone might know what the Mission Holders Well, were. I'm going to go into that right now. Okay. The Mission Holders Conference was, what it is in, in Scientology is that there, there were a lot of missions. A mission was a smaller, much smaller organization where a person could buy a book package and basically the rights to deliver certain Scientology services. They still had to report their statistics back to the the uh, mother organization, but they were out there trying to foment new people coming into the organization, doing services and everything. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mormons do it. Catholics do it. Every religion does it, trying mm-hmm. to bring people into the fold and you know spread that word of God or whatever it is. So yes. this isn't out of the norm, and anybody that vilifies Scientology for doing that. Well, sorry, it's been done long, long, long before, all the way through history, before Scientology was ever doing it. People tend to lose sight of that. But right. anyway, so these mission holders were all called into a particular gathering point, usually like a, a hotel or something like that. And Miss Gavage and his thugs would walk in and they'd say, here's the deal. We want to see your books. You're going to pay us $10,000 each mission to come in and look at your books. We're going to audit those books. And if you disagree with what we're saying, we are going to revoke your status as a Scientologist and you will be excommunicated, which in our words is being declared a suppressive person. Mm -hmm. There were many instances where a person would be at one of these mission holders conference and ask a question or or pose a solution or something. And Miss Gavage would point out and go, declare him. Right. Just like that. He had the As power. if he were the Pope. Yeah, he had the power even at that time. Even the Pope would be nicer. Right, that's true. But this is before Miscavige was de jure the man in yeah, charge. That, yeah, this is this is before he pulled off the coup. This mm-hmm. was part of the coup, the early stages. Yeah, he, he, he knew how to do it. Like every other leader of a criminal organization in history, he knew how to make empty promises and get people to do his dirty work. Yeah, in uh, 2010, when I went to uh, talk to Marty Rathbun in Texas, Marty told me that Miss um, Gavage's idol was the fictional character in The Godfather, Marlon Brando's character, Don Corleone. That, that's, that is who he modeled himself after. I'm not kidding you. This is what he told me. Just like teenage trolls on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's sort of like you 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 uh, you like a character in Grand Theft Auto, and you're like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. This is the mentality of this individual. He's edgy. <laughs> he he's an edge lord. There's no doubt about that. So anyway, the end result of this mission holders conference was a almost complete and total obliteration of the mission holders network. Most of the mission holders said, "Screw you." I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, lots lots of things changed and happened. Is It was, you consider it the same thing that happens whenever there's a market crash in the stock market. It's a shearing of the sheep. You mm-hmm. get rid of the people that won't follow along. 
The people that had money lose their money, and now it's your money. You're in more in control. So he eliminated the competition with the Mission Holders Conference because the missions were doing really, really well at expanding Scientology. Yep. So. It was different then than the missions that exist now. If anyone is confused by the presence of missions in modern day Scientology, the church, it's not the same. No, this this is where everything changed. And any independent Scientologist that's been around for very long will say, well, you know, when was the tech, the technology of Scientology before the changes started to occur, which we'll get to. Mm Mm-hmm. When when was when was the the best time? Well, it was around about 1981, 82. Some people go back to early 70s. I mean, it depends on how provincial you really are. Yeah. Some people say the earlier the better. Some say as late as it can get before Miscavige started changing. Things. Right, and that's when things started to get altered, which is a whole other ball of wax. But but th- this was this was a shaking of the tree to drop all of the the low hanging fruit off, so that you could then. He could basically then grow his own tree, and then he cut the tree down. Mm-hmm. He broke it down to build it up again. Right. And like he does with people. Yeah, I mean, the business model was basically similar to that, and this might sound like a strange analogy, but it was the business model of, of Monsanto, is you get copyrights to seeds, and then you sue the farmers who aren't using your seeds. <laughs> it's, it, it's sort of like they, that's what they did. They started making their own seeds, and when the, when the uh, the plants would throw their pollen off into an adjacent field for a farmer that didn't use those seeds, they'd go over and pull the plants out, look at the DNA, and then sue the farmer for using their patent, their copyright. Ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is how far this this whole thing's gotten. So that that was the whole idea. Is this was the the uh, juxtaposition of, of copyrights and all of the legal mumbo jumbo that took the church in the subject of Scientology and forced it into what we would now call the uh, corporate legal system. Mm-hmm. And then left behind a lot of the old timers, a lot of the major players, people that had gotten hundreds and thousands of people into Scientology said, up yours, I'm out of here. Overnight. Here in Kansas City, there was one guy left. One guy for years. Really? One guy. Hmm. What happened to him? He's still there at the org. Is he? (laughs) Yeah, which blows my mind. But there's a reason for that. We get into that later. But uh, this is the situation. Is The fundamental church itself changed overnight. Yeah, literally. Mm Mm-hmm. And from there, copyrights and all that, which we'll get into next. But this is this was the line of demarcation where sort of like Coca-Cola and New Coke. That's yeah. that's basically what it was. And and nobody had any say in it. And Hubbard didn't even know himself. He knew nothing of the Mission Holders Conference, mm-hmm. from what I've been told, the people that in the know that knew. Yeah, he was talking to like two or three people by this time. Yeah, and that, that was a huge mistake and in and i don't know that 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 was his decision but that's what ended up happening because mm-hmm. he, he only had a calm line in and a calm line out and you know the information is only as good as that which you're getting you know if you're living on a mountaintop in tibet you only know what people tell you and, right. you, and you either have to believe it or you don't yeah and if you leave that mountaintop in tibet well the chinese government might come and uh, put you in front of a wall and shoot you yep 
I like people who were the hostages uh, of, of terrorists in the Middle East who had been there for years, who knew nothing about what was happening politically in this country and thought that the terrorists were lying to them mm-hmm. when they told them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this isn't unheard of in, in other places. I mean, this this happens to other people. And it's an unfortunate tale the way the whole thing went down, but it went down for this primary reason. And I, I want to make this perfectly clear. It isn't because Scientology, the subject, is a bad thing. It isn't because Hubbard was a bad guy, from my viewpoint. It's because it worked. And it did good for people. And it made positive changes in a lot of people's lives over the decades. And there are certain individuals that just couldn't hang with that. Yeah. So... This is why all of this stuff went down. And, 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 you know, anything that is reviled in the media, the first thing you should ask yourself is, is this really true? Right. Especially when you've got five corporations that own pretty much everything that hits your ears and eyes on any kind of a screen or through any set of headphones or speaker. I mean, or is this just a good story? Yeah. And, you know, they, they only tell the story they want to tell that's going to sell the advertising that makes them money. Right. It it doesn't have truth has nothing to do with information these days. Like I I think pretty much most people know this. Yeah, the same way you don't hear about a missing child or a kidnapped woman unless they can sell the story. And they spend they have whole teams, news media outlets do going over which of these missing persons can we monetize? Right. What can we sell? Isn't that crappy? It really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it really sucks. Is she sucks. pretty enough? Is she white enough? Are her parents likable enough? Or are they hateable enough? All of these things contribute. Right. And the, and that's that's the unfortunate nature with Scientology is it's is it's become a favorite topic. I mean, I don't I mean, every time I go to the grocery store, literally almost all the time. There's Scientology on at least one magazine cover there at checkout. I don't buy it, but I definitely read it. Right. And most of the time, like tabloids always are, uh, it it says something on the outside. And when you read it, you're like, that doesn't have anything to do with the claim. No. Nothing about that is true. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's ridiculous how, how far off the mark. I mean, you know, it's the same thing as clickbait. Yeah. It says one thing, and then you get to the web page, and it's talking about something completely different. And it's just a big gotcha. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Scientology is having a a moment right now, and just black PR in no, general. It's, yeah, it's it is more ridiculous than ever. And mm-hmm. this is through the mismanagement of of Miss Cabbage. I mean, Hubbard, were he to come back from the grave. Or pick up a new body. Yes, we believe in that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> He'd probably go and kill him himself. Yeah. He'd be I, furious. I mean, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous how far things have gone from what Hubbard's intentions, original intentions, not just in the 1950s, but his intentions were for the subject and what he wanted to have happen and how badly it's been spun into the ground on a dwindling spiral straight to hell. Right. And this is why we're independent Scientologists, to finally uh, break out into the open what this podcast is about. Well, let's let's get into it. 
a little bit with what's going on and what has been happening with with miscavige and all of the horrible stuff not to be reactive not to want to watch a train wreck but to set the record straight right there needs to be an opposite side of the coin Mm -hmm. well where where do you even start with that i mean do you start with the violence do you start with the manipulation do you start with the murders do you start with the degrade of the tech the asbestos (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a long the, list. Yeah, the Sea Org being fed meals that cost less than the average prisoner are fed. Yeah, I mean it, it goes on and on and on. But the 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 one thing that needs to be be uh, quantified here is it's it's always Hubbard that that's you know this this uh, crazy science fiction author, this bad science fiction author. You know, I mean, the, the, he's completely mischaracterized these people that say these things. They're just trying to sell a newspaper, a magazine, a website, or they're just downright nasty. Right. But it's it's also taken out of context. Exactly. Too, because at the time, and, and a, a lot of people don't know this, that science fiction writers especially were having this moment where they were actively predicting correctly technology and advances in science that were that were unheard of before nasa got the idea for for a countdown for from a science fiction book and i i don't know what their plan was otherwise but that is a true story yeah it's not art imitating life it's life imitating art mm-hmm. and everybody who was in hubbard's circles were just stoked. They were thrilled to be seeing this happen, and he wasn't the only one thinking maybe we can change something. Maybe we can make something that will no, make we a real can difference. Make a difference, right? And and that's that's the whole thing, and that's what's lost now. And the, the subject the the subject's name is in such ill repute that you can't even say it. You can't you can't even say it to people because it has been so maligned and made into something that. That it isn't and wasn't because people mm-hmm. can't differentiate between the subject itself and the corporate church of Scientology right. and what Miscavige has done to it. And that, 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 that is really bothersome. And what's also super bothersome is people want to focus on things that happened when Hubbard was alive or, or on aspects that they, that they don't understand and see as silly while all of this just awful horrific stuff is happening inside of the church just genuine human rights abuses comparable to north korea yeah the human trafficking and and, and all of that and, and hubbard clearly he had he had some desires for the uh Navy and the military and things like that i've spoken recently in the, this year to an individual who provided me with a little bit better viewpoint on what the idea behind the Sea Org was and everything mm-hmm. like that, you know. That's uh, what he knew. Yeah, that's what he knew. And and he came from a Navy background, and yeah, it wasn't perfect, and, and all of this stuff. And there's been a lot of things that have 
either been altered or omitted, either in his education or what he did in the Navy, what he didn't do in the Navy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Some of the stuff we've covered in, in earlier podcasts and the roots of Scientology and all that stuff. But you know what? Nobody's perfect. And he was interested in what he was interested in, and he patterned it after what he knew. No. So yeah. what? That That's true. And that, that's a lot like how he structured Scientology, the subject, in the same sort of ways as as the circles he had been in in the mystery schools before. Mm-hmm. It's not all that different. He was just going off of what he knew. None of that is comparable to the sort of comically comically evil supervillain type figure that is controlling the church now. Yeah, I mean. Uh- to compare Hubbard to Miscavige is I'm trying to think of some sort of a funny, understandable analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be, gosh, I don't know. It would be sort of like comparing Bruce Campbell to Marlon Brando. Right. Bruce Campbell, handsome guy, funny, you know, charismatic and all of that. But he's no Marlon Brando. Yeah. It would be like comparing Ronald Reagan, who was far from perfect and messed a lot of things up, to to Kim Jong-il, to a dictator. Yeah, to a dictator. I, I left that part out. And, and I'm not trying to slight uh, anybody by any of the analogies that I'm saying <laughs> or anything like that. These are just all anecdotal. And Bruce Campbell, we love you. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, the, this is the situation, is you have a guy who is doing nothing but standing on the shoulders of somebody else and the decades of work that they've done and seeing how, how much he can monetize it. Yes. He's solely responsible for the reputation that it has today. Right. And he, he never even, he, he was never put in the position in the first place. There's mm. no piece of paper no. that says you get this job, Mr. Miscavige, I'm putting you in control. And anybody that's ever contested that was put into auditing and you know they had to get off their overts and withholds against miscavige and yeah. all of this stuff because this guy doesn't have authority one i mean it, without getting into the details on hubbard's death or anything like that they kept the body on ice mm-hmm. for several weeks so in case they needed his thumbprint for documents because they changed his will yeah and it's for any scientologists who are still in the church listening to this this is what happened yeah, and Miscavige came in there into the coroner's office, provided the document, and said no autopsy. Right, because they had something to hide. Mm-hmm. That's called a withhold in Scientology. Something was done there they didn't want to have found out. Yes, and they still do things like this. There, there is no end to the well there. No, Nothing the, is the, off limits. The, the criminal acts that have been perpetrated under Miscavige's watch would take eight. L.A. phone book worth of paper. Yeah. I mean, we're talking yes. murders. We're talking... Imprisonment. Per- imprisonment, blackmail. You name it, this guy has done it. Yeah, if you can think of it, he's done it. No matter how bad you think it is, it's worse. Yeah. That yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you top this. No, 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 this happened. Yeah, and that's... We can't keep talking about it because we'll never cover it, but executives are missing 
yeah. people who were key figures in the public eye are just MIA. To most, this day. Most of them are probably For a decade imprisoned, or more. if not dead. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, and and this, this is something that, that people have tried to look into and tried to draw attention to and get something done about it. Some very good people. Mm-hmm. It always ends up getting squashed or paid off yeah. or whatever. And right. th- that's, that's not okay. The buck stops here. And this is why independent Scientology exists. Right. It's about the subject, not the church. The church is not the subject. No, it's not. They want to say that saying where's Shelly is a meme and that all of this is just talk, 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 talk. But they can offer no good explanation. Whenever they want to slander somebody, they bring their still-in family members to... to talk bad about them on, on right, their to discredit. Network. Yeah. Yeah. But but here they they can't wheel somebody out to say, hey, I'm fine, stop looking for me. They can't do that with any of the missing executives. Well I think they paraded Shelly out, but basically it was a, a, almost a gunpoint sort of a thing. You, did they? When did that happen? I, once, once. Oh, you mean in like two thousand and Yeah, way, way, way back. Yeah, but this is eleven years later, you know. Yeah, and, and, and she's not free. She's not out of the church. She isn't isn't coming clean. But the thing is, 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 is bad news sells, good news doesn't, and things are going to be mischaracterized. And, you know, even with what we're saying, we're not trying to sell this. We're not selling this podcast. No. We're not selling anything. This is just, let's set the record straight on some things. and, and, and It say, needs to be said. It needs yeah, to be addressed. these are things that need to be said from a different viewpoint. That that. Now, there are lots of websites out there and everything like that, but we're trying to change this by making it a more... We're opening opening a line of discussion. Yes. And we can't repeat the same mistakes and turn the other way when these things start happening. I mean, the church is an entire autocracy right now. That's what it is. There aren't people who are showing up on stage... Uh, along with Miscavige anymore, that's changed too. It gets worse and worse and worse. It's not been the same flavor of bad ever since. Every year it gets worse. Yeah, every year. And the thing, the 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 thing that we need to cover is is after the Mission Holders Conference, things started to change with the books, with the lectures, mm-hmm. with the technology written in the technical volumes, with the admin policy. All of these things started to change slowly, slowly, slowly. And the reason for this was copyrights control money. It didn't have anything to do with the sanctity of the subject and the way Hubbard intended it to be presented and said, you don't change anything, folks. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And he didn't want to relent any control, Miscavige. So... He just made it more and more tight, just just this death grip on all the people. They're not trying to recruit new people anymore, basically. That's not being focused on at all. Mm-hmm. It's just who do we already have? And we can keep buying up expensive real estate to keep skeleton crews in to make it look like something is happening. Right. In modern day, it's become a real estate acquisition firm in the name of a religion. Mm-hmm. So, quote unquote, I put quotes and, and brackets around religion. Right. But it is a religious philosophy. And, uh, it, you know, we, we kind of need to do this systematically. But yeah, there's been a lot of crappy things that have happened on Miscavige's watch. And most of the crappy things, most of the crappy things 
in Scientology happened on Miscavige's watch, yes. not Hubbard's watch. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're saying. Yeah, that's this, what we're trying to get across. Yeah, this is why independent Scientology exists. Uh, sometimes people have a hard time comprehending that. To me, it's very clear. But if you don't know, we find value in Scientology. We find truth in it. But we find no truth or value in micromanaging people, in control, in out-exchange. In yeah, tell, this- telling people what their sexual preferences should be or how they should live their lives or anything like that. Right. This isn't. This wasn't and isn't. L. Ron Hubbard. I mean, Hubbard had a policy that says, that says we don't get involved in the second dynamic activities of anyone unless, unless it's stopping somebody from getting pastoral counseling or on their course. And, right. and then it's just a light touch sort of a thing. So, you know, whatever your pro- proclivities are, are your proclivities. And then when Miscavige got involved, well, all bets are off. You know, no homosexuals, you know, no transgender, no intersex, no nothing. You can't be here if you aren't these things. And so things started to get altered and more altered and more altered. And and it's that game of telephone, but in the actual writings. They wouldn't even let me. I have never been in the church, but I hung around uh, in, in their orgs before I became an independent Scientologist. And I was trying to see for myself if any of this was true. And it pretty much confirmed everything I had heard. When I went in, and the woman at the Atlanta org told me that because I was dressed all goth, I was communicating that I was a drug addict and that I had murderous and suicidal fantasies and all of this just (laughs) far-reaching, just crazy crap. And I was polite about it. I, I, I put my... My necklace away that has skull on it or something. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> right, right. And when I got in the Uber, I, I told the driver, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the thing is that the the modern day Church of Scientology is not the 1970 Church of Scientology at all. And we're not saying that it's that it was perfect, but boy, it it sure did a lot more good for people than the modern day church of Scientology does. And, and these, these alterations in the materials continued throughout the eighties into the nineties, into the two thousands. And as time has gone on and they've, their copyrights have expired, they have to change the names on the books. If you look at a lot of the books, they don't say by L Ron Hubbard. They say based on the work, based on the works of L Ron Hubbard, which is a complete no, no in Hubbard's book. Mm-hmm. And that, or they'll say L. Ron Hubbard, and it'll be on the cover. Doesn't say by, no. just says L. Ron Hubbard because his name they copyrighted. They yeah. copyrighted Hubbard's name, folks. They, co- yeah, that 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 symbol, the the any of the symbols that you see for Scientology always have a, a, a copyright symbol, a trademark symbol, something like that. Yeah, next to it. Yeah. Can you imagine if they did that with anything else? Can you imagine seeing like the Star of David or or, or the the, Islamic, the Holy Bible? Yeah, the Islamic um, moon and star, or or yeah, on the Bible there was a copyright, or on the cross there was trademark next to it. You know, what what the hell? Copyright you know? Roman Catholic Church, twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine Jeez. the the Catholic Church, the the wealthiest 
one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest organization on earth, mm-hmm. doesn't do this. No, they give out Bibles for free. You go to you go to a hotel, you open the drawer. What do you find? Bible every time. Gideon's Bible. Mm-hmm. You can and, take it with you. Yeah, and the the mission holders. That's kind of what they were doing. They, yeah, they weren't that, charging that was, people to read the books. Right. I mean, it, it, it's just baffling to me how far things have been allowed to go on. And, and they have the word Scientology. They've copyrighted the name of it, a religious philosophy. What if we were to try and copyright Buddhism? It would go over. I mean, can you imagine how people would react? No, there there would be riots. There would there would be protests. It would just there would be scandals. It would be a mess. Yeah, and this has all gone on silently, slowly, over the years, to where things have changed so much in the Church of Scientology itself. Not Scientology, the subject, the Church Scientology. Again, right. these are two different things. So, so it, yeah, they are. And I want to make a point here too. Uh, Lots of religions, most of them have some form of monastic lifestyle where the clergy dedicate their entire lives just to that one mm-hmm. thing, and that's how they live, and they live communally, and that's what they focus on, and that is their lifestyle. And that is fine. That is a respected thing, as it should be. But if you're going to run your organization like a corporation— and one person on the top is going to be a de facto billionaire, and the others are living in abject poverty. Mm-hmm. There is a problem. Yeah, and and that's that's one of the things that we we have a problem with. There are look, there are a lot of really good people that are still in the church. Oh yeah, and they they mean well, and especially in the, in this York. Yeah, I can't think of somebody doing anything. Uh, more selfless than that, that they're being fooled, and that's not their fault. We're not mad at them. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, and I don't even want to say that they're misguided. They're being lied to. Right. Right, left, and center, and they're being used every day of the week. Well, it's smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it is. It's it's smoke and mirrors. And these people, I, I mean, when I was in training in Florida in 1988... This is six years after the Mission Holders Conference. We'd get on this dilapidated, stinky, smelly diesel bus packed in like a damn sardine can at 10, 11, 12, and on the half hour to go back to the Hacienda, which is this apartment complex that they still use to this day. Mm -hmm. And these people, I mean, they were beat, beat, beat. Red eyes, tired, ties slightly pulled down, looking like Rodney Dangerfield. I can't get no respect, you know, sort of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, for what? And, and then when they get older, they're they're put in a... a they're just offloaded. They're just offloaded and put in a place where they can't get out, stuck in a, an old beat-up motel and told to shut up, and if they escape, we'll kill you. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? The, this was what happens. This is your golden years in the Sea Org. And that's not that's not okay. No, it's not. These people get nothing that, back. That's what they get for for dedicating their lives 
selling all of their their personal belongings to get into the Sea Org so that it doesn't hold them back, mm-hmm. giving the money to the church more often than not. Mm-hmm. They've got nothing, got no car. I mean, you are completely at the adverse effect of that which is supposed to be freeing people spiritually. Mm-hmm. And they never, ever, with the, the exception of a select few, ever get the auditing themselves, ever get their quote-unquote spiritual eternity given to them. Mm-hmm. They're just used like so much of a, of a uh, what do they call them, the dogs that they, they put in puppy mills, you know? Which one? Well, oh, you, oh, you mean like curs or the, the breeding dogs. You know, I don't they're, know they're, they're, they're in a tiny little cage and they never get out. Yeah. And that's all they do is they just spit out puppies, litter after litter after litter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, and it is just grotesque. This is what happens to these people on David Miscavige's watch. Mm-hmm. And that that is not okay. And folks, that is not what Hubbard intended. Right. At all. It, it is It is completely... I want to talk about out 2D. It is completely out 2D to separate husband and wives so much that they might never see each other again. Happens all the time. Children often. God knows where. Yeah, this isn't Scientology. Orphanage. This is not what Scientology was supposed to be or meant meant to do. These no. are things that happened with Miscavige and what he's mm. done. Because he wants these people work, 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 work. Get done what I want to get done. I've got mm. a suit to buy. I've got shoes to buy. And it's going to cost me seven grand a suit. I need expert tailoring to make me look taller. Right. But we won't get into that. We don't want to be too critical of this no, joker. We don't want to be that petty. <laughs> so anyway, independent Scientology really got off the ground uh, towards the late 70s, early 80s because of all of the maligning that was going on for the people who were trying to make it expand and and spread the word, if you will. Uh, so you get into the mid to late 80s. Things are being prettified by being republished, repackaged, rewritten, uh, altered. And every time there's a new iteration of books, because look, here's the deal. Hubbard passes away, which is a whole other podcast, and we'll cover that at some point. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous what we have to tell you. But Hubbard passes away. Well, guess what? The Golden Goose is no longer producing golden eggs. He's not coming up with any new tech. He's gone. At yeah. their own hand. That's mm-hmm. as far as we'll take this. Now, what do you do? Well, you don't have any new books because nobody's writing them. No. And, uh, I, I, what I have learned is that there was talk that, that Ray Mithoff had OT9 and 10. I don't know if that was true or just something that he said. OT but. levels are the upper levels in Scientology. Mm-hmm. This is what he's talking about here. Yeah, and that's a whole thing too with them changing aid. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, they 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 were changing things wholesale, and people started to wake up to this and say, "Hey, wait a minute, this there, there's no policy because the, in Scientology." both the church and outside, we go by what's written. I don't want to call it scriptures because it ain't scriptures. Okay. This is a science. He wrote this stuff down and said, this is what you do in this situation. This is what you do in this situation. And this stuff works. So what happens is, is, is the church starts changing this because they can't copyright it without the changes. Mm-hmm. So what really Legally, the changes are the only thing that can be copyrighted, but they're pushing it off and getting it copywritten anyway, so that they can then sue anybody that uses it. Mm-hmm. 
Right. This is the wackiest of wacky concepts, but this is what's happening. And the changes keep happening, keep happening, and they get worse. And this isn't what Hubbard intended. It, it was entirely supposed to be, it is what it was, and it is what it is. Yeah, offer it to as many people as you can so they can be free and free others. Right. The work was free, keep it so. Mm-hmm. And the church has the audacity to put that at the front of their technical volumes. That's amazing. So this is why people started leaving, because they started seeing what Hubbard said and what the church was doing. Yeah. Two very different things. And this this has really hit a fever pitch, especially with how far off the reservation this whole thing has gone. Yeah, it has. And I, I, I am sorry to have interrupted you. No, that's no, okay. Go ahead. But the 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 Mithoff thing never panned out. But I think the idea there is that Miscavige thought he could get that, get a hold of it, and and have these two things, and he could coast on that for a while. For a while, yeah. yeah. They kept dangling the carrot of, well, all the orgs go St. Hillsides, which was so many so many public, so many auditing hours going on. All the orgs go St. Hillsides, which is something Hubbard actually set up. Yeah. Then we'll give you OT9. Yeah. And now Never you, happened. No. 30 years later. Now you don't even hear no, about they've St. Hillsides to, gone to, yeah, they, yeah, they dropped out the birthday game, which is what Hubbard set up for them so many points if you do this and you do this and you do this miscavige couldn't even get that right Mm-mm. no and well that he didn't find nine and ten he, no they just came up with new iterations of eight of eight, OT eight and kept telling people they had to redo everything they've already right, done right they've 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 recycled people two three times now say oh wait wait a minute the transcription is was suppressive and we we had to reissue all of the books. Oh, wait, you got to buy the books again mm. and again and again and again. I, it's, it's stunning. So messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and how many purifs do people do now? An amazing amount. The re, yeah, you can be recycled through the purif three, four, sometimes. I, I know several people that have done six or seven purification rundowns. This is used to get rid of drugs in the body's system, in your residual system and, and push them out of the body using nice and, and sweating and, and exercise and everything yeah. like that. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he's dug up uh, old auditing uh, systems that Hubbard didn't even write the uh, survival rundown. Hubbard never, ever wrote that. And Hubbard canceled it when he found out about it in the seventies. Miss Cavage says, Oh, well, you know, this is, this is this, this rundown and we're going to do this on everybody and everybody that was OT8, well, you got to come back down and do a couple hundred hours of something that normally takes somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe at the most 36 hours to do. I know personally, secondhand, five or six people that did that stuff and died while they were on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding you. It's overrun city. I mean, it really pushes these people because it sells auditing hours. Yes. And and we can talk about the, not not in great length, but the, the people who get cancer and 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 end up dying while they're on knots. Yeah, because it's done completely differently. Just today, I had to, I basically told Andy Nolch, the, the guy, the Australian guy, who's of uh, ridiculous negative fame. Uh, I 
disagreed with him on all this stuff about the uh, OT levels called knots, Ned for OTs, where people were getting cancer and all this stuff. I mean, we actually have copies of what the church uses to give people for auditing. Yeah. And it is completely, completely different than what Hubbard set up for people to do. And it's done antagonistically. We can't get into it because it's confidential material. But I mean, Mm -hmm. the upper levels especially have truly been messed with a lot. And this is, this causes problems. This isn't this, this stuff is lightning in a bottle. If you do it right. And if you do it wrong, it's still lightning in a bottle and you're going to get, you're going to get shocked. Right. And And it might make you sick for, for anyone skeptical. Do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who is skeptical, but who sees value in something like 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 chaos magic, like practicing that sort of stuff. What happens if you do it wrong? What happens if you do it out of sequence? What happens if you go past your ability level or your training level? You can kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's nothing to be trifled with. I mean, that's. That's the unfortunate nature of it. I mean, uh, the original OT8, when it was released, was a magnificent failure. Mm-hmm. I know many, many people who were on it and died. Right. Because it was delivered improperly and wasn't what Hubbard said to do. It was something completely different. They've had three or four iterations of it Yeah, just in the last 30 years. And, I mean, this sort of thing is why there are independent Scientologists because people got wise to it and auditors, pastoral counselors were some of the frontline guys that said, Hey, wait a minute, this, this, this isn't what I learned. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what we want you to do. Oh, and by the way, your certificates are canceled, right? You have to do learn everything over again. And it's watered down and it's something completely different than what Hubbard intended. And now you have to do it a completely different way. Yeah. And, and and people even who leave, they, a lot of them have ended up dying, just either either from from suicide or or from illness, and it lasts. This isn't to be messed with. No, it's, isn't it's to be not, yeah. With. That's why he said, "Do it right or don't do it," mm-hmm. because this stuff works. It works well, and that's the thing that we want to impress. And I think we've we've done a pretty good job yeah, of doing so. that. We're beating people over the head <laughs> with a Louisville Slugger on it. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that's why this stuff is attacked is because it works. And, and independent Scientologists, they, they want to have their right. They want to have their freedom to practice their own religious philosophy or religion without being told what to do by a midget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm just being blunt. No, it's true. And yeah. this guy's arbitrarily in this position and chairman of the board is not something that Hubbard ever, ever created. No. It's ironic that the um, the three major embodiments of upper management, which the fact is they're all run by Miscavige, but they were supposed to be checks and balances. Yeah, they were. I mean, there was a Your Guide to Management. I did the course in 1989. Then it said, you know, you have this and this, this organization is above this organization. You got a watchdog committee. All of this stuff is checks and balances. He's ripped all of that out like so much dandelions. Yeah, the watchdog committee didn't do anything. Right. Because he doesn't doesn't want anybody knowing or having any say or anything like that. He just wants to be the man. 
Mm-hmm. He wants to be Don Corleone, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. And everybody else just has to recycle themselves and pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that they could get out in the independent field for literally less than 10% of that, oftentimes 5% of that, and get the real deal. But they baffled them with just all that, all that gloss, all the glitter, just the aesthetic. That's all they've got going for them. Yeah, and Hubbard said, he said, you know, if you ever want to, you ever truly want to control someone, you, you, you put, you know, gold filigree and everything and turn it into this pretty place and make it look like something that belongs on the Las Vegas Strip. Did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And he said, that, you know, this, 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 is, uh, this is how you implant somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, it's not much different than having a pretty girl on a car ad sort of no. a thing. Because people are like, oh, wow. Look how nice the leather is. And the, right. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And the, the tables and all. Uh, you know, guess who's paying for that? The parishioners are paying for that. And guess guess what? These places are empty. They are. And and they know what they're doing, too. They only have the attractive staff or Sea Org girls out talking to people. Right. Right. It has become nothing but marketing. Mm-hmm. Nothing but marketing. So independent Scientologists, they weren't baffled by the bullshit. And they weren't dazzled by the brilliance. And they said, see ya. We're out of here. I've had enough of that. Now, the interesting thing is, is that less than 10% of the people that leave the corporate church of Scientology ever continue to do anything in the subject of Scientology. Less than 10%. Because people have just had enough of the bullshit. They've paid out all kinds of money, spent years of their lives, and they can't rectify it with themselves in their own minds, and they just don't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But then there's that other small percentage who become independent Scientologists, and there are people who are interested in the subject of Scientology, and no matter, no matter how you water it down, it still manages to give people wins and successes. And these people try this. They go into the church, and they're like, this is really messed up. Yeah. And they look for an independent Scientologist practitioner organization like ourselves, and they say, can you give me more of that good stuff? Right. And we're like, yeah, we'll give you the real stuff that's not altered. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and there are people, not uh, not the majority, it, it's certainly the minority, but there are people who've never been in the church, too. Well, yeah. Also it, see what's going on, yeah, and that it has value. Right. You know, there's no press, you know, there is no bad press. Mm-hmm. And these people see this, and they, they read something online, they hear about it from somebody, and it piques their interest. Right. And they're smart enough not to get involved with the church, and they come to us or one of the other independent organizations or individuals out there, because that's that's what we do, is we're trying to give people the real subject. We're, I mean, we don't make a great living doing this by any stretch. No. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to give the original subject a chance and, and, and pull it out from the, the undertow and get it breathing and be able to swim to shore and survive on its own. Exactly. So independent Scientology exists solely from our standpoint to purvey a positive Scientology, the real subject as it was intended to be and help other people in their lives, better their lives to flourish 
prosper, be happy, do the things they want to do in life, become the things they want to become. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all there is to it. Without the alterations, without yeah. the without the 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 bitterness, the uh, low tone level, meaning emotional tone of uh, a, a lower order, instead of being in strong interest or enthusiasm or in games or yeah, just feeling trapped. Right, feeling trapped without the human trafficking, without all of the horrible things that happen to manipulate people to get people to part with their their money and their credit cards and and all that stuff and their loved ones and their loved ones especially i mean you know it, it's horrible um so anyway we're running up against about an hour and a half here just over and if you want to find out more about independent scientology you can contact us at ao-gp.org uh there are other independent practitioners in Scientology outside of the church, uh, several, some really good ones out there. Uh, you can get a hold of them online as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, give you more information. Uh, we have lots of free courses on our online course room. And all of it can be done online. Oh, and all of it can be done online. It's the 21st century, folks. You don't have to fly somewhere mm-hmm. to get auditing. Uh, we've got a down pat on how to do online auditing over Zoom. All you need is a, a, a meter on your end. We can take you in session. We can do life repairs. We can handle upsets with family, friends, work, whatever, you name it. Uh, and we have all kinds of free books for you. You can read that are unaltered uh, the way Hubbard intended them. Uh, what, what else do we have? Uh, well, I was just going to say, try it. It's fun. Because if it's not fun, it's not Scientology. That's right. Well, Eddie... What do you say we head up on out of here? That sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to send us off? Sure. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I hope you've learned something. Thanks for being here, folks. For Jonathan Burke and Eddie Cairo, good night.